When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Named the best podcast of 2018 by Apple. Tons of fascinating guests. Untold stories you won't hear anywhere else. Expand your wisdom and discover other perspectives that you've never considered before with The Jordan Harbinger Show. Join Jordan as he interviews high-profile people as well as intriguing personalities. Each episode features a discussion that might just take you anywhere. I recommend episode 970, where Jordan and guest Annie Jacobson talk nuclear annihilation. How likely is it? How scared should you be? And what comes after? There's also episode 886 with David Farina, which delves into the wacky world of flat earthers. These episodes are great starting points. But you're sure to find deep, interesting, and thought-provoking topics throughout Jordan's catalog. Turn off the music and turn up the wisdom with The Jordan Harbinger Show. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy. I-N, as in Nancy, G-E-R. Structures that have weathered the relentless march of time, enduring the ebb and flow of generations, inevitably become more than mere monuments of architecture. They transform into veritable archives of human experience. Having witnessed the passing eras, these venerable edifices carry within their walls the whispers of ages, silent echoes that tell tales of triumphs and tribulations, love and loss. Centuries of occupancy tend to leave an indelible mark on the very fabric of these structures, turning them into enigmatic repositories of history, harboring the lingering spirits of those who once graced their halls. Welcome to Destination Terror, your passport to the scariest places in the world. From haunted hotels to locations of unexplained creature sightings, and now places that we only visit in our imagination. We will travel to places that will provide excitement, adventure, and horror. Today we're visiting the Banff Springs Hotel in Alberta, Canada. Over 125 years old, this hotel has seen its share of guests including royalty, but it's guests of another kind that still walk the halls of the Banff Springs Hotel. So if you're into travel and all things scary, listen close and you might just discover your next exciting adventure destination, but hopefully not your final destination. Destination Terror is an EerieCast original podcast hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. If you would like to send us a suggestion or submit a story with your own experience, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. 
or follow me on Twitter at Carmen Carrion. If you enjoy the show, please follow and rate Destination Terror on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to help us grow. Also, check out EerieCast.com for more scary podcasts, such as Freaky Folklore, the podcast where together we explore horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters, both ancient and modern. When we arrived at the campsite this afternoon, things moved pretty quickly. We had a lot of work to do and only a few hours of daylight remaining. Jake and I have made these yearly trips a tradition ever since he was old enough to leave his mom's side for any period of time. And now that he's a father, my grandson Sam tags along too. I never imagined a life so full of love and laughter, but moments like these remind me just how lucky I am that I ever had it at all. We spent those precious hours of daylight pitching our tents and gathering wood for the fire. Sam even had some luck at the lake catching a few fish for dinner. I pulled out an old knife that my father had given me when I was about Sam's age and showed him how to clean the fish. Jake got the fire built just in time for the sun to fall behind the trees. The three of us gathered around the fire. With the fish cooking over the flame, we just sat and took it all in. Grandpa, tell me a story, Sam asked, which he often did. He could sit and listen to me for hours. I'm not particularly any good at telling stories, but the boy sure loved it. All right, what did you have in mind? I asked him. Well, how about you tell me about that scar? He says, pointing to an old jagged scar on my right calf. Glancing down at the scar, I couldn't help but feel a bit horrified and amused. He would ask about that one. Jake chimes in. I don't know, Sam. That one's quite the scary story. I didn't sleep for days after I finally got him to tell me the story. Oh, come on, Grandpa. I'm almost 12. I can handle a scary story, Sam said, so sure of himself. Did Grandma do that to you? Sam asked jokingly. We couldn't help but laugh. Emily was quite the spitfire when she was still around. We lost her two years ago to cancer. Sam missed her terribly and does a good job at making it seem like she's still around and still a part of our conversations. Not exactly, but she was there. Settle in, Sam. I'll tell you the story. But if you get scared later, you're in charge of the firewood for the rest of the trip. Deal? It was almost the end of summer in 1982. The allure of the open road gripped Emily and me. We were hungry for adventure and a little bit of fun before we both started college in the fall. I had asked Emily's father for her hand and planned to propose once we made it to the beach in Vancouver. I had put in a lot of extra hours that summer, trying to save up for the trip and for her ring. It wasn't much, but I knew she would love it. My dad let me borrow his 1960 Corvette convertible to take the trip in style. Whoa, wait a second. Pop let you drive the vet that far? He wouldn't even let me take it out of the garage last year. Jake chimed in. Shh, Dad, Grandpa is telling a story. Sam protested. Yes, 
Now back to the story. He let me take his Corvette. Emily and I stopped at a small gas station in Winnipeg and picked up snacks, drinks, gas, and a map. We mapped our trip and picked a few planned stops along the way. We figured we'd end up being on the road for a couple of days, depending on weather and how many times Emily wanted to stop and look at things. The first day was pretty uneventful, and we made it a good eight hours before we called it a day. I don't remember where we stayed that night, but it was small, and the carpet was crunchy. If the car hadn't been too small, we probably would have slept in it instead. I'll never forget the crunching sound that carpet made, though. It left an impression, that's for sure. By morning, we were ready to get the heck out of there. We skipped the breakfast bar, in fear that it may have been just as gross as the carpet in that room. Things didn't get interesting until that afternoon. We could see a storm up ahead, and we weren't interested in getting wet. We pulled over just in time for the rain to hit. We put the top up, refueled, and grabbed a bite. The rain was coming down pretty hard when we decided to head out again. I didn't know it at the time, but I took a wrong turn. Between the rain and sun going down, it didn't take long before I realized we were lost. The map we had didn't help much, but Emily wanted to stop and ask for directions. I was stubborn and figured we'd eventually stumble upon the right highway again. Boy, was I wrong. Finally, after another hour of pouring down rain, we still couldn't see much farther than the hood of the car. I saw a sign that said hotel. I just crossed my fingers and hoped it was better than the one we used the night before. The storm seemed to intensify and the roads were treacherous. The rain was absolutely relentless but we kept driving a few more miles before we saw another sign. By now I could see light in the distance, but the rain was still too heavy to make out anything. We pulled into the hotel's parking lot just as the storm spit out some of the most horrific but beautiful lightning bolts I'd ever seen. I was in awe at Mother Nature and then terrified by what the lightning illuminated. The hotel didn't look like a hotel. It looked like a haunted castle straight from my nightmares. The building was huge, bigger than any hotel I'd ever seen. I'd almost swear I saw bats flying off the roof, and possibly a goblin or two crawling around. With each new lightning strike, it lit up the building like it was giving it life. I had stopped the car just far enough from the entrance that we could see the building. Emily and I shared unsure glances, but we weren't interested in driving anymore in the rain, and we had no idea where we were. The hotel was our best option. I wasn't even sure if we'd be able to afford the place, but we had to try. I pulled up under the awning, blocking the rain and allowing the entrance to come into view unobscured. What we saw next was out of this world. The entrance was grand and incredible. It really did remind me of an exquisite castle that had been plucked from another side of the world and a different era and planted right there. Two men in uniforms opened our doors and started grabbing for our bags. I was a little startled, so when the guy asked for the keys to the vet, I laughed. But Emily stared me down until I gave the man the keys. Turns out they had valet parking, and I'd never been anywhere that had that before. Didn't even know it was a thing. We walked in hand in hand, through the revolving doors, into the lobby. The small knot that had been forming in my stomach turned into a full-on twisted mess. 
The lobby was quiet and so very still. You could have heard a pin drop. It was grand, but cold and empty. We walked up to the check-in desk and rang the bell. We waited for what seemed like a long time before a bellhop showed up to help. I had the strangest feeling when he walked in, like all the air had been sucked out of the room, and it got really cold. I, I need the cheapest room you've got. Not even sure if I can afford it. The man just smiled at me and said, Don't worry, we've just had a cancellation, and the room has already been paid for. It can be on the house tonight. Emily and I just looked at one another and laughed. Surely that was a joke. But it turns out it wasn't. The man rummaged around in a drawer and plucked out a single skeleton key. And he showed us to our room. Grandpa, I thought you said this was a scary story. A fancy hotel on a rainy night isn't that scary. Sam whined. We're just getting to the good part, Sam. Have patience. By the morning, someone ends up dead. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. In the heart of the majestic Canadian Rockies, where the towering peaks touch the sky and the crisp mountain air fills the lungs with an invigorating freshness, lies a grand chateau that has stood witness to a century of stories, both splendid and spectral. This is the Banff Springs Hotel, a place where luxury meets legend, and where the echoes of the past intertwine with the breathtaking beauty of Banff National Park. Our story begins in the late 19th century, when the Canadian Pacific Railway sought to lure travelers to the newly established Banff National Park. The visionaries behind this ambitious project conceived a luxurious retreat that would rival the grand hotels of Europe. In 1888, the hotel emerged from the rocky landscape like a fairy tale castle, with turrets, spires, and a regal facade that spoke of opulence and sophistication. Nestled in the embrace of the Rockies, the hotel quickly became a symbol of elegance, drawing dignitaries, celebrities, and adventurers from around the world. Its luxurious accommodations, adorned with rich woodwork and exquisite furnishings, transported guests to a realm of refinement and charm. As the years passed, the hotel's reputation for grandeur only grew, but it wasn't long before whispers of the supernatural began to circulate. The most famous of these tales revolves around a ghostly bride, a tragic figure from the 1930s, whose untimely demise cast a shadow over the hotel. Legend has it that on her wedding day, the bride descended the grand staircase in all her bridal splendor, only to meet a horrifying end at its base. Whether it was an accident or foul play, the details remain shrouded in mystery. However, guests and staff have reported seeing a veiled apparition, a phantom bride in a flowing gown, 
reenacting her final moments on that staircase. Her spectral presence has become an enduring part of the hotel's haunted history, a tragic beauty forever tied to the grandeur of the chateau. Nestled within the opulent confines of the hotel, the Bow Valley Room is a space where elegance meets mystery. Originally a private dining area in the early days of the hotel, the room has since become a focal point of ghostly tales and paranormal experiences. With its rich history and captivating ambience, the Bow Valley Room holds secrets that echo through the decades. The haunting history of the Bow Valley Room dates back to the roaring 1920s, an era characterized by extravagance and social shifts. The room, once a hub of private gatherings and lavish celebrations, became the backdrop for a tragic event that would forever change its character. In the midst of a joyous celebration, a fire erupted, swiftly consuming the elegant surroundings. Trapped within the inferno were members of a well-to-do family, their fate sealed within the flames. The once celebratory atmosphere of the Bow Valley Room turned into a scene of chaos and despair leaving an indelible mark on the space. Despite the hotel's best efforts to restore the Bow Valley Room to its former glory, the tragedy of the past seemed to linger within its walls. Guests and staff reported eerie occurrences, unexplained cold spots, flickering lights, and faint whispers in the wind. Some claimed to have glimpsed ghostly figures, their apparitions eternally frozen in a moment of panic and anguish. As word spread about the Bow Valley Room's spectral reputation, it became a place where the living cautiously ventured, drawn by both morbid fascination and a desire to connect with the ethereal remnants of the past. The spirits said to haunt the Bow Valley Room are believed to be the residual energies of those who perished in the tragic fire. Guests have described encounters with spectral figures donned in 1920s attire frozen in a dance that was cut short by the unforgiving flames. Laughter and music from the bygone celebration are said to echo through the room, creating an eerie atmosphere that transcends the boundaries of time. The Bow Valley Room, once a testament to celebration and prosperity, now bears witness to a different kind of festivity, one that exists in the realm between the living and the supernatural. The atmosphere in the Bow Valley Room has been described as notably colder than its surroundings, even in the absence of air conditioning or drafts. Those who enter feel an inexplicable chill, as though the room itself retains the memory of the icy grip of the fire that claimed lives many decades ago. This lingering coldness has become a tangible reminder of the tragic event, heightening the sense that the Bow Valley Room exists as a bridge between the earthly and the spectral. Despite its haunted reputation, the Bow Valley Room continues to be a space of captivating beauty. The echoes of the past, though tinged with tragedy, add a layer of complexity to the room's ornate decor. The flickering candlelight, once a symbol of celebration, now casts shadows that seem to dance with ghosts of the past. Then we have Sam McCauley's story. Sam's journey at the hotel began in the early 1960s when he mysteriously arrived, presenting himself as a seasoned bellman. Tall and distinguished, Sam's exceptional qualities, including a deep knowledge of the hotel's history and an ability to anticipate guests' needs, set him apart. 
the hotel gained a guardian of its past, with Sam becoming as much a part of the landscape as the surrounding peaks. Over the years, Sam's influence grew, and his dedication to his role as a bellman became legendary. Guests were greeted by his warm smile and a genuine desire to make their stay memorable. Sam's wealth of knowledge transformed him into a living archive, sharing stories that brought the echoes of the hotel's past to life. His old-fashioned uniform added a touch of nostalgia to the chateau's grandeur. However, in the late 1970s, Sam mysteriously disappeared after completing his usual rounds. Despite thorough searches, he seemed to have vanished without a trace, leaving the staff and the community bewildered. Whispers soon circulated about sightings of a ghostly figure resembling Sam. An apparition in an old-fashioned uniform was reported near the Grand Staircase, a place where Sam had often been seen. The Banff Springs Hotel became a stage for a spectral encore, with the ghostly figure perpetually ascending and descending the Grand Staircase, adding a haunting beauty to the architecture. Sam McCauley's ghostly return turned into a cherished legend. Guests sought encounters with the friendly apparition, finding comfort in the belief that Sam's spirit continued to watch over the hotel. Whether guiding guests near the grand staircase or sharing spectral smiles in the corridors, Sam McCauley's enduring legacy transcended the boundaries of mortality. Among its many rooms, one holds a secret a tale that has woven itself into the very fabric of the chateau. Room 873, though outwardly nondescript, harbors a history shrouded in mystery and tragedy. In the late 19th century, Room 873 of the Banff Springs Hotel debuted as just another luxurious guest room, its presence unassuming amidst the grandeur of the hotel. This room seamlessly blended into the legacy of the hotel, offering a haven of opulence for countless guests seeking refuge. However, it wasn't until the mid-20th century that room 873 underwent a transformative shift from ordinary to infamous. Whispers echoed through the hallowed halls, carrying tales of a dark incident that unfolded within the walls of this seemingly ordinary space. The tragic story centered around a family, a set of parents and two young children, whose stay concluded in a calamity that cast an enduring shadow over room 873. The details of the incident remained veiled in mystery, leaving only the haunting aftermath etched into the fabric of room 873. Stories circulated, hinting at a violent occurrence that forever bound the room to the lingering spirits of those who met a tragic end. In an effort to preserve its prestigious reputation, the hotel discreetly concealed the specifics of the incident, giving rise to an eerie and unspoken legend that permeated the air. The legend spoken by many tells of a man, his wife, and their young daughter. It's suspected that the man took the life of his wife and young daughter and then proceeded to take his own life. Future hotel guests within the room have been awoken by screaming and bloodstains on the walls, which reappear after the cleaning staff removes them. Sometimes a young child walks the halls, lost and alone. In the aftermath of the tragedy, 
the Banff Springs Hotel took measures to address the dark history of Roommate 73. Renovations were initiated, and the room was merged with its neighboring counterpart, Room 875, purportedly breathing new life into the space. Skepticism, however, surrounded these changes, with many unconvinced by the hotel's claims of a thorough transformation. Despite the hotel's attempts to quell the rumors, whispers of Room 873's haunted history endured. Guests and staff spoke in hushed tones about unsettling occurrences, unexplained sounds, flickering lights, and an eerie atmosphere that seemed to envelop the sealed room. The ethereal residue of the tragic event persisted, making Room 873 a focal point of speculation and unease. Over the years, visitors to the Banff Springs Hotel reported witnessing ghostly apparitions near Room 873. Some insisted they heard the muffled cries of children, while others spoke of unexplained shadows moving within the sealed space. Despite the hotel staff dismissing these claims as hoaxes, the spectral tales continued to circulate among those who dared to delve into the haunted history. As the legend of Room 873 grew, the hotel faced a dilemma. Efforts were made to dispel the paranormal aura surrounding the room, but the ghosts of the past seemed unwilling to relinquish their hold. Guests who unknowingly stayed in adjacent rooms occasionally reported unsettling encounters, adding fuel to the macabre mystique that surrounded room 873. Today, skepticism persists, and many believe that room 873 remains sealed off from guests Doubts linger about the authenticity of the renovations, and a prevailing conviction holds that the room is not only sealed but haunted. Room 873, with its spectral enigma, remains an integral part of the chateau's haunted legacy. As twilight descends upon the hotel, and the Canadian Rockies cast long shadows over the landscape, the whispers of the past come alive. The chateau, with its turrets reaching toward the heavens, becomes a stage where history and the supernatural perform a delicate dance. Visitors, drawn by the allure of both luxury and legend, find themselves immersed in an atmosphere where the ethereal and the tangible coexist. Whether it's the ghostly bride gliding down the staircase, the phantom bellman aiding guests in their journeys, or the mysterious tales that linger within the Bow Valley Room and Room 873. The Banff Springs Hotel stands as witness to the enduring power of history, both beautiful and haunted. In the embrace of the Canadian Rockies, where nature's grandeur meets the mystique of the supernatural, the hotel continues to weave its tale, inviting travelers to step into a world where every creaking floorboard and rustling breeze tells a story of a bygone era, a place where the echoes of the past linger. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more light-hearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. 
Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The rain was still coming down and the thunder was rumbling all around. But as we followed the bellhop through the maze of corridors of the hotel, the atmosphere seemed to shift. The grandeur that had initially enchanted us now morphed into an eerie silence that hung in the air like a thick fog. The light seemed to flicker, creating shadows on the dated wallpaper, and the chandeliers above seemed to sway. The bellhop, whose smile never wavered, led us to a secluded wing of the hotel. The carpeted floor muffled our footsteps, creating an eerie hush that added to my growing sense of unease. He stopped in front of a weathered door and inserted the old skeleton key. With a creak, the door swung open, revealing our room. As we entered, a chill swept through the room, causing the flames in the fireplace to dance wildly. I was surprised to see a fire already burning there. The air seemed thick with a strange energy, and the antique furniture added to the chilling setting. I could sense Emily's grip on my hand tightening, mirroring the unease that crept into my own heart. The bellhop bid us good night and left us alone in the room, closing the door in a slow, deliberate motion, leaving us with the echo of his departing footsteps. We exchanged wary glances uncertain of the peculiar circumstances that had led us to this mysterious hotel. I reminded Emily that it wasn't too late to leave. We could find a way to make sleeping in the car work, but she shrugged it off and reminded me that we had come on this trip looking for an adventure, and boy did we find it. We found a menu on the table by the window and figured food would help settle us in and help get us some rest. It sounded reasonable, but the price for one meal was a little out of our budget. We settled for eating the rest of our food from lunch and finishing off our snacks. As the night wore on, the storm outside actually managed to intensify, unleashing torrents of rain and howling winds against the windows. The lights continued to flicker, distorting the room into something almost terrifying. In the eerie silence, strange sounds echoed through the hallways sounding like whispers carried by the wind. We thought we heard footsteps, and the once cozy fireplace now emitted an unsettling warmth. 
and the vintage clock on the wall ticked in a way that grated on our nerves, keeping us constantly on edge. Unable to shake the sense of foreboding, we huddled together under the blankets. The shadows in the room took on shapes of their own, dancing with an unsettling life that left us paralyzed with fear. Suddenly, a muffled sound broke the silence, a distant cry that seemed to emanate from the very walls of the room. Emily and I exchanged wide-eyed glances, the blood in our veins turning to ice. The atmosphere became charged with an otherworldly presence, and we found ourselves entangled in a nightmare. The cry was quickly followed by another high-pitched scream, only this one was much closer. I sat straight up in bed and turned on the lights. The fire had all but burned out, but the room had become almost unbearably cold all of a sudden. Emily was sitting up clutching one of the pillows to her chest. I walked over to our door. I couldn't see anyone or anything through the peephole, so I unlocked it and swung it open. The hall was completely empty. It looked as if there was a thin layer of fog lingering on the floor all the way down the hall. The echoes of laughter coming from the stairwell gave me pause, and I was holding my breath. I was convinced then that I may be losing my mind from the lack of sleep and stress from the trip, or maybe even the gas station food we ate. But either way, I had to be losing it. I slammed the door shut quick and latched all the locks on it. I was breathing heavily but trying to keep myself composed for Emily. The last thing I needed was for both of us to freak out. We tried hard to get some rest, but after the crying, screaming, and creepy laughing, we just couldn't find it. As the night wore on, Emily and I clung together, terrified and shaking. And finally, we decided we had to leave. Consequences be damned. Our nerves on edge, we hastily gathered our belongings, and with trembling hands, I opened the door to make a quick escape. As we stepped into the dimly lit corridor, the tension in the air heightened. Suddenly, we heard the distant sound of a gunshot, jolting us into a state of panic. Hand in hand, we sprinted down the hallway, desperate to distance ourselves from the nightmare. Just as we reached the grand staircase, we saw a ghastly apparition on the steps, a young woman in a white dress, my heart raced, and the world seemed to blur as I stumbled backward in sheer horror. She was translucent. In the panic of trying to evade the ghostly figure, I missed a step, and my foot caught on the edge of the staircase. Time seemed to slow as I tumbled down the grand flight of stairs, the sickening crunch of bones breaking echoing through the silent hotel. Agony shot through my leg as I landed at the bottom a jagged bone protruding grotesquely through my skin. Emily's scream pierced the air, and the nightmare reached a devastating climax. Emily ran down the stairs and over to the front desk and dialed 911. The hotel staff came rushing in from the sound of Emily's cries for help. The few staff members were running around gathering things to tend to my leg. One came back with towels and water. Another came back with a first aid kit. And, my favorite of all, was the one that came back with a bottle of whiskey from the bar. Emily was crying still on the phone for 911. They were telling her it would be a while because of the storm, 
They told her to hang in there, it would be fine. I had lost a lot of blood from my leg, and I told the one that brought the whiskey to remind me to never stay in their creepy hotel ever again. That's when he told me no one was supposed to be on that floor tonight. That's all I remember about that night before I passed out. I woke up in the hotel the next morning. Emily had to fill me in on the rest of the night's events. Turns out we weren't even supposed to be in the hotel. Whoever let us in our room didn't even work there. There wasn't a cancellation. When Emily described the crying, screaming, and the gunshot, the employees didn't even seem shocked. They told her they'd heard it all before, and the only thing that really happened was her clumsy husband threw himself down the stairs. They didn't take us seriously, and neither did the cops. They thought we were lying to get a free room in the hotel, but we decided to just let it go, chalk the whole thing up to exhaustion from the trip. I ended up proposing in that hospital bed, and much to my shock, she said yes. We had to cut our trip short and head back home after that. Emily and I even went by that hotel again years later, but we couldn't bring ourselves to go inside. And that's the story of how I got this scar. Grandpa, I thought you said somebody died. Sam said, annoyed. Did I say that? Thank you for joining us as we explored the history of the haunted Banff Springs Hotel. Tune in next week as we discuss another terrific location. I'm Carmen Carrion. Remember, you can send me suggestions and stories of haunted places to my email, carmencarrion at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at Carmen Carrion. Go to eeriecast.com to find other terrifying podcasts such as Freaky Folklore, Hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. Until next time, stay safe out there. Until I see you at our next destination. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.